0: You sound
1: insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime.
0: It is the 10-year anniversary of Zodiac. Woo! And it's time to confess, kids. <laughs> It's time. Guys, breaking news: <laughs> Brian Gill, it was Ted Cruz's dad. <laughs> is the Zodiac. Um, so there are certain movies that we would want to talk about on the show that uh, maybe weren't released while we were doing the Mad About Movies podcast every single week. Well, we were doing and it, we just didn't we didn't know how to record. <laughs> there right. was no technology to record it back then, actually. So we just sat in a room and talked to each other, basically. It was all on AIM. It was so. very, very inventive, now that I think about it. But one of these is uh, one of those movies is this. And so we kind of had to wait till some kind of anniversary or some excuse to do it, not mm-hmm. just randomly throw that uh, out there, which we tend to do sometimes. But so 10 years have passed since this was released, uh, directed by David Fincher, who we've talked about. I've heard of him. Multiple times He's okay. before, but this is one that we've always mentioned in passing and we're like, man, we really like to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. It's such an interesting Story and movie and kind of experience. And uh, what other so Fincher the, movies
1: that we've done? We've done Fight Club and Gone Girl. Gone Girl.
0: Is that it? Yeah, we haven't done Social Network, I don't think. Mm, okay. I think we would have, we we did yeah. the Steve Jobs movie, which he was supposed to direct, but oh, yeah. uh, it ended yeah. up being
1: Danny Boyle. But anywho, what's he got coming out? What's next on the old Fincher radar? It's pretty much always 20,000 20, Leagues Under the Sea. It seems like he's always trying to get that going. Um,
0: yeah, I've heard, I've heard a different rumor than that, but um, okay, I've heard that it's not coming out. Well,
2: it's perpetually like he's been trying to make it fight twenty five yeah. years.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna World War Z two rumored. Oh, that's right. Doing. I did hear he's that still,
1: he's got an Affleck movie. Oh, it's uh, the girl. Oh, who's the girl that wrote? Jillian Flynn that wrote Gone Girl. So he's got a... Oh, he's doing another one with her? Strangers is what it's called.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: He did really well with Gone Girl, so...
0: Yeah. So this one is one that we have, like I said, been meaning to talk about a while. But Brian, I see you have a ledger of notes there. (laughs) Yeah. Just a few. And um, so... I guess we can it just It looks start. like the Zodio Killer wrote
2: those
1: notes. Yeah. Well, Are you trying to says, clear yourself with some yeah. charges over here? <laughs> it just says KFBR 392 over <laughs> and over again. On a, it's on yellow sheets. Yeah. yeah. I do enjoy the yellow notepad. Pro tip, yellow notepad, legal pad, way to go. That's that's my favorite. I'm, I I like I'm a moleskin guy. Yeah. I like moleskin too, but they're like super expensive and I fill them up. Quick. I write a lot and so I need... uh, I don't like the legal pad just because I don't like the -the over-the-top See, I like the turning. But then I I can never find anything. I like that. I don't know. I like like to go this way. Then I can... I have a thing. It's a tick, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You're I, listening to Legal Pad <laughs> Weekly here on
0: iTunes. Your weekly Legal Pad discussion, where we have the same yeah. argument every week.
2: <laughs> What's the new hot topic? No, I in love legal pads. legal pads for like quick notes that I'm going to throw
1: away later. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like to journal something. It's hard for me. Right. Either. If I journal, or if I uh, now it's turned into a super sensitive podcast. Yeah. I journal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What if I journal? Oh, if you diary or take like important notes. Do you I really like, journal? Uh, I want a moleskin or uh, or something. Uh, no, not really. I have like a, I have like a, to be super cool. I have like a prayer journal that I do uh, every other day or so. But, uh, and then I write, this is getting super sensitive. I write, I write letters to my kid, like for future reference and stuff. Here's and how annoying you were. Plate. Yeah. In, yeah. In hey October kid, you were in my life on uh, this day. You crapped so. your pants in yeah. the middle of uh, Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Serious. Have a good one. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Having said that, uh, this is one that, again, we've wanted to do a while, but you do have the notes. Um, You said you'd only watch this movie maybe once or twice ever. Yeah, I think this was my third go-around. This is a movie for me that I was waiting to come out, even Mm -hmm. in 2007. I had done like a research paper on it when I was in high school about the Zodiac mystery and all that, so I was really interested in it. I don't know how I found out about it. I think maybe maybe I was reading a book or something and it mentioned it in there. Or I think my parents might've remembered it happening and kind of told Mm -hmm. me about it, that the fact that the guy was never caught, I always thought was super weird and interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of research again. I did a, you know, six weeks worth of research like you do in high school, like they make you do. So I was really interested in the subject. And then I graduated in 06. So the next year this movie came out and I was like, man, how can you do that story justice, you know? How can you right. possibly put on in 2 hours what that whole you know, crime was and what the entire investigation was? It seems like something that would be OJ Made in America, a 10 hours long documentary right. and you're going through every leaflet, every single detail. And it probably detail. would be now. Yeah. I would love to see that if somebody made a all-in documentary on the Zodiac. I think that could do very well. Um but anyway, so I wasn't super familiar. I knew Fincher, I knew Fight Club and all that, but I wasn't, of course, not doing the show back then, and I wasn't uh super paying attention to it, but I just remember being blown away by how it was shot, how it mm-hmm. looked, how it felt so authentic, and how it really does explain things, but still kind of keeps it ambiguous and open-ended mm-hmm. at the end, so this is one for me that I have loved ever since, I think it's probably his most underrated movie, Fincher's the most underrated movie, the one that's talked about the least, but is probably the most difficult to do and sure do, you know, make it as kind of quick paced. And uh, this, this is a movie that could drag really easily because it's all legal talk and Mm -hmm. all kind of clues leading to other clues. And this guy said this, that contradicts what this guy said. It's it's confusing, honestly, Mm -hmm. but he does it with such flair and intensity that it never really seems boring. And it, it, it really does kind of, it's like a train that never stops. And Love the ending, love everything about it, but um, it's one unlike you, Brian, that I have revisited numerous uh-huh. times. So, did you not like it the first time? Is that why?
1: No, I love Zodiac. This, uh, this is probably my one of my. This is one of my favorite Fincher movies. Uh, I had it somewhere in my top five or six from that year. Two thousand seven was one of the best years for film uh-huh. ever, but Zodiac I, I really liked, and I've always been. It's odd to me that it didn't do. I know again, it's a great year for film, but it didn't do well either at the box office or with critics, really, uh, it, it didn't get any awards or any major nominations or anything like that. And that's, that's a strange thing to me. Cause it is a technical Marvel. And, uh, to your point, can he does a great job of spinning this story without letting it become a drag or to where you have to like kind of slog through it. Um, but it's not the type of movie that I'm going to sit down and rewatch over and over again, I guess that's a, um, you know, we've I've said before, like I greatly appreciate Fincher, but he's to me he's almost like his movies are like kind of a work of art that you that for me like I look at and I say, man, that is a brilliant piece of work. Totally. And now I'm gonna go not look at this piece <laughs> of work anymore because it's just I'm a Spielberg I'm a Spielberg guy, and Fincher is kind of the antithesis of of Spielberg in a lot of ways. Uh, everything he does is so technically brilliant and always a little bit cold it's always cold for me it's
0: always so meticulously thought yes,
1: out yeah I, he's he's brilliant he's brilliant i i think he's um you know he's he's a genius of at what he does it's just uh there i don't know that there's any movie that he's made that i will sit and rewatch uh on the regular the way i will with you know Whatever was Indiana Jones or something, um, I probably I've seen this one. This I think I watched. This is the third time I, I saw it. Uh, preparing for this episode, and that might be the most I've ever watched any venture movie. Like I, I think I've seen Social Network twice. Oh wow, uh, which is you know an incredible film. And I've seen I've probably seen Fight Club more, but not necessarily because i am like i need to watch fight club but because for yeah, so long in college was, yeah exactly i was in college and it was on <laughs> you and saw and the somebody's dorm room, every dorm room, single yeah. night you know things like that so that's crazy
0: um i'm kind of the opposite i feel like spielberg stuff is is you're right it's more lighthearted, and and, and i can sit down there and just kind of phase out and watch this his stuff but Venture stuff, it, I always find something new every mm-hmm. single time sure. I watch it, and not to say I don't with Spielberg to some extent, but there's just a lot of he puts a lot of layers to what he does. Yeah,
1: there's a lot less technical depth to anything that Spielberg does, whereas there's a lot less emotional depth to what most of what Venture does. I think. Sure, that's uh,
0: that's good, Richard. What are your thoughts? And I love Venture.
1: I think he's
2: a guy. He, you know, he's he's unique. Uh, we were talking about um, Paul Thomas Anderson a few episodes ago, and uh, and he and Tarantino are kind of these brilliant auteurs that can write and create these worlds and whatever. And Fincher can do that too, but I like the Fincher kind of can also just do the the adapted stuff. Yeah, just like the director for higher stuff, it uh-huh. still puts such a stamp on things without having created it from the His beginning. Own mind, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. He's such a talented. Uh, filmmaker in that way, um, but yeah, this is a this is a movie. This is the one of his I've probably seen the least. Um, I've seen Social Network a bunch. I've seen Gone Girl quite a few times. I've seen Fight Club a ton. Um, I've only seen this. If, I've seen it more than Brian, but probably five times, um, and and not at all in the last five or six years until we were getting ready to do this. Uh, but. Yeah, this movie is such a, uh, there's such a sense of dread over it. And then, not, you know, it doesn't have the payoff that like a lot of movies would, but he, ne- it's, you don't feel, you don't feel, uh, uh, you don't feel let down. Let down by it at all. It's a really unique narrative. And he was smart to not, because it's very real in that way, because that's how life is. Uh, but he was yeah. smart to not tinker with that too much.
0: It's funny. I mean, a lot of people probably maybe didn't remember or we're coming into this as just a movie like, Oh, I don't know about those crimes, but it looks like a good movie. I'll go see it. Maybe right. I didn't know. Right. Um, but it is an interesting thing. And I admire that about directors like this who can go into a movie where you already know the ending. Mm-hmm. And how do you make that interesting? Apollo 13 is an example. Yeah. Everyone knows what happens. How do you create that? Suspense? They crash
2: right into the moon. <laughs> uh,
0: Titanic, another one, you know, the ship sinks, right? Uh, how do you make that into something where you're still guessing like oh do they make it out alive does the ship you know does somebody come rescue them you know you're always still kind of th- like every time I watch Apollo 13 yeah. and and there's you know they cut to the land and the people are like looking at the sky and it's everybody's anticipating the yeah the uh parachute or whatever I always wonder I'm like maybe they died and they don't <laughs> come back you know because it's just yeah the, the way it builds up in the suspense is so good mm-hmm. and this one I always forget. When I watch this movie, what I said about the layers, I always forget. I'm like, does he hint at the end? Like, who it really is? Like, did right. they figure it out? And this is like uh maybe the the way to to tell that you know maybe they're, this Graysmith Smith guy did know who did it, and this is kind of his you know his book. No, nobody read it, so nobody really paid attention to it. Kind of a thing. Like, I always feel like they're gonna come to the conclusion in this movie and they don't but they still make it seem like they're going to or that it's uh it's interesting every single time. But um I never I never get bored with with it, even though I know it's an unsolved mystery. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's uh yeah. that's tough. That's really it's really tough to do. Um I think this movie does some good stuff for CGI. Yeah. In the fact that a lot of the settings are CG that you would never know. You know, uh like the establishing shots, the aerial shots mm-hmm. of San Fran. Mm-hmm are you know, cg to look like they did back in those yep. times it's and everything. Not
2: comic book CG was like not, the
0: first adult movie CG kind of uh, that you're not making a, uh-huh. a planet out of. Yeah. It's like uh Forest Forrest Gump and they yeah. had a ton of CG that you would maybe never know or it's so subtle that um it blends so well with everything that you don't need it. But I think that works really well. I think the uh time period is accurate, you know, the it's subtle but not in your face. As far as being set in the seventies. No one has weird seventies hair. Except for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got those, like, uh, he's got the wardrobe thing going and ruffalo has got the mutton chops, but that's really about it. Um I love the scene where the first letter arrives at the Chronicle yeah. and it's like the camera's mounted to the mail cart or whatever, uh-huh. and it's going through the between the desks and everything. I love that. Um I like how they, they do kind of show the murders here, but they don't really show them in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. They, kinda, they cut yeah. away at the right times, and it's not too brutal, but it's still brutal. The And all the violence is, it's the opposite of a lot of movies. The
2: violence is all at the beginning, mm-hmm. for the most part, which is funny. That's there's, true. There's yeah. no real payoff uh, at the end of, you know, a big, bloody right. either kill or something. It's just like, okay, this happened. Now yeah. let's talk about it for two hours.
1: Yeah, and part of that, too, I think is Fincher... I had read that Fincher had said, we're not going to do, we're, A, we're not going to do any of the murders that that happened when there wasn't a, a, a surviving witness mm. because we don't know exactly yeah, what happened. Yeah, that's true. And and two, even with a witness or like the the cab murder where it's it's the witnesses you know, quite a distance away and whatnot, there's some ambiguity to like what exactly happened. We don't know what exactly happened there. And so Fincher is saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume we're going to do what we yeah. know happened and that's it. And smart not, way to play it. It is, it is a smart way to play it. And it also kind of adds to the mystery of yeah. the killer himself and, and the, the, you know, you're, you're kind of drawn into it a, because the, the entire storyline is interesting, but B because each of those scenes kind of leaves you <laughs> not necessarily wanting more because i'm not mm, thriving for more murder but uh oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it, for it more. cuts out at the right spot where it just leaves you like whoa like kind of um a little unsettled and not just full-on like ugh, you know it's a yeah. smart way to pace
0: hey what's up ma'am fam kent here and yes if you're hearing from me you know it's time to talk about blue apron if you haven't tried out blue apron by now what the heck are you even doing Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. for supporting this episode of the mad about movies podcast. That out. What is really kind of terrifying about all this was it was set it was like the perfect storm of setting and time period mm-hmm. for all these crimes yeah. to take place. Um first of all, you're in a time where DNA testing was not <laughs> readily available. Yeah. So yeah. any kind of DNA trace that you leave behind at the crime, you're not going to get caught yeah. for that. Uh, it's easy to put on gloves and be not have the fingerprints ring. Right. Um, tracing a call was not a big, it, it, it was a thing, but it took a lot of money and time to do apparently, uh, as far as determining your location. Yeah. And, uh, so there were a lot of ways for the
1: killer
0: yeah. or killers in this to get away with it and not get caught. I mean, all they're doing is writing letters, but <sighs> I mean, back then, right now, if you sent any, if you texted anything from a phone, the police they could trace your phone location right. and do. I mean, that stuff could not happen today. Yeah. And if you wrote a time, and if to. you wrote a like letter to the cops nowadays, yeah. they would be like, "Oh, there was a small <laughs> flick of a fingernail that was slowly left behind." Or right. they they test the actual like envelope that you licked yeah. to yeah. get your DNA, and like you're done yeah. in eight seconds.
1: Yeah, it's a weird. Like sixties and seventies are kind of peak mass murderer era because because a like police investigation had started to get right. better and so it was a little bit it created the sport yeah it created a sport and it and it made it to where you were at least catching some of these people yeah. or at least like you're on their trail and stuff whereas in like the 40s and 50s was like well don't know don't care you know that kind of thing sorry you died Uh, (laughs) yeah it stinks to be you like jack the ripper like no one ever found him because it's like sorry (laughs) exactly you you got your your Uh, throat but and so like that had started to get better and and police procedures and all that sort of stuff but but at the same time, you have, the, you know, the rise of the press and mm-hmm. and uh, and the precursor to social media and whatnot, and so these people are sort of seeking fame, and it's easier to spread the word, so people found out about it more often, and so there's a it's an interesting era for there's this, this thing awful on Jack the Ripper sort of I watched
2: where they they like kind of figured out that it might be this painter. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen this that uh-huh. they the think was Jack the Ripper because he like painted the scenes the okay. and I'm always like, you guys can catch the guy? He's like, <laughs> maybe it's the weird dude who shows up to paint
1: these murders I don't know that paints
2: artistic (laughs) portraits of all these dead hookers that are in the exact location that's a normal
1: thing just a normal hobby for
2: him like this guy was selling paintings of it as an artist Jack the
0: Ripper is creepy I went on the Jack the Ripper like walking tour in London oh wow okay. where they take you to like here lies. You're standing where seven prostitutes were slain. <laughs> and, like, oh, and he was never caught, by the way. They just always emphasize yeah, that. Yeah. By the way, he's still out there. Great. <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. 200 yeah. years later. That feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just
2: all hang out where he, we well, knew he that, killed people. At. There's that new ABC show yeah. where he travels
1: yeah. back in. To right. our time. Right. To, to What's it called here? I think it's time after time. That's Jack the Ripper? Yeah. yeah. There's no greater... Oh my gosh. Jack the Ripper is right up there with Titanic as far as movies slash TV shows have ruined it for me. Like, yeah. Because Jack the Ripper pops up in every... mystery tv show or anything with time travel which is like oh we've got to stop jack no we don't just let it be just let's let's move on it's such a beating now because that used to be such an interesting story to me and now i'm like
0: not a bad idea for a tv show to like have time travel and use it to go stop horrible events from happening i feel like there's like five of them on tv right now there's even the comedy one that's on the uh they tried to do that with that uh stephen king thing. Which yeah. Like yeah to go, 11, but, 22, 63, yeah.
1: which is pretty decent. It's a pretty it's decent okay. little,
0: little thing. Um, okay. As far as the Zodiac goes, another aspect of it is the cipher. Mm-hmm. That's another kind of plot twist, like in a movie that makes super interesting movies. You're just going to crack the cipher. But the fact that actually happened is, yeah. Crazy. But well, they printed it on the front page and everybody around town was trying to. Yep. Imagine that if if that happened today. Yeah. Imagine if we opened the Dallas Morning News, like, guy who murders <laughs> six cops, puts the cipher out yeah. of his
1: identity. People would be going insane. Yeah. I, I All I could think about when I, that happened in this scene was, like, how if if you're watching a a football game and a streaker runs on the field. They're like, we won't show it, turning it off. We yeah. won't even show this guy running around because yep. we don't want to, we don't want to give him attention. But at this point in in the late sixties, they're like, yeah, put it on the front page. It's good. We want no people. Well, they said, <laughs> yeah. it said, uh, if you don't print this, I will murder
0: 12 yeah. people. Yeah. And they said,
1: print well, it so I that way Believe him. <laughs>
0: they said print it so that way if he does murder 12 people it's not our fault right because yeah. they can always point say if you had printed that <laughs> he wouldn't have killed 12 people you know so there's they put it on the front page and they published all the letters that he they made him a celebrity
1: yeah oh absolutely and it's yeah.
0: not to say uh I mean Ted Cruz is a genius or anything but the way he made himself a celebrity through <laughs> the symbol and the name and everything yeah. is pretty insane yeah you know like that just taking advantage of the media back then. Like, no one had ever really used, like, it's not like Lee Harvey Oswald was putting out stuff before that. Like, right. somebody, president, better not come here, or yeah. something's going to happen. You know, like, they didn't do it for that right. attention.
1: It's kind it's of crazy. savvy in a weird, shape. It's like the only
0: way. reason he's murdering people is so he could send them, the police, a letter, uh-huh. and they'll put it on the front. You know, like, yeah. he's, he, he wanted to be
1: famous, but the only way to do that was by <laughs> right. killing him. He didn't everybody. have any skills, so... Yeah. It's a weird it's a weird thing, uh, the way that worked out. It's it's he was very savvy the way that he was able to create that persona and that mystique, you know, and make it happen, but in a terrible way. Terrible. The worst I don't know
0: about that. <laughs> <laughs> um and it is funny how all these naval intelligence guys were trying to um break the cipher, and it ended up being like an elementary teacher. who Right, yeah. Right, that's a real story, too. That's crazy. um So a lot of things kind of point to, or there's a lot of kind of clues here. The boot prints mm-hmm. is one thing. Again, the cipher, the handwriting on the cipher, and the handwriting is kind of what makes all this go. Yep. You know? That was the, really that was the crux the ha- of everything. Yeah,
2: in the six, 70s and 80s, this was... Big part of crime scene mm-hmm. investigating was handwriting and analysis. Yeah, was it?
1: But yes,
2: can't be because when's the last time you wrote something? <laughs> it's like going to be emoji analysis. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about it is, he relies very heavily on the poo emoji. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's poop, it's poop smile beach ball <laughs> poop smile. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's uh back then, and even in the movie, they say, "Wow, here's a letter that we got." four years before the first killing of somebody threatening to do this kind of stuff, but it was all typewritten. you know. So at some point, yeah. the, the Zodiac killer had to say, F it, I'm writing all this out. <laughs> yeah, so that it's makes too, me think... It's too complicated. Yeah. I mean, how how ballsy do you, can you be when there were handwriting <laughs> experts out yeah. there and just to say, let's see if they can catch me. Um, he wanted to give them, he knew there was no chance if he didn't give them at least that, probably. Right. Yeah, and the fact that they say in this that one of the, I guess Paul Allen or Lee, no, it's Lee, uh, Lee Allen, uh-huh. Arthur Allen. He was ambidextrous, so that th- when they figure that out in the movie, yeah, that throws a whole like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, like are we, why didn't we think of that? But that's also an nails
1: that too. Oh, the, he nails that moment the way that comes out, and you're just like, whoa, wait a second, that's, yeah,
0: uh, that was a, a big reveal. So if you're going to switch from typewriter to handwriting. Mm-hmm. The only way you would do that is if you knew your handwriting couldn't be traced back to you. Right. right? Like well, otherwise you would just use a typewriter, which you can't. Yeah. Unless you leave a fingerprint on the ink or whatever, you're not going to be able to find that. But that's a, uh, that's kind of sick and twisted too. Knowing yeah. if you're the, uh, if you're the murderer that you know, you're not going to get caught even by writing it out through yourself. And that explains mm-hmm. a lot about Why even on the envelopes, like the lines, you couldn't ride in a straight line. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was always looked like a little kid's writing or something like right. that yeah. where they're, they they could not stay parallel or mm-hmm. they couldn't stay horizontal, you know? Yeah. Um, man, how can you, to me, I, and you said this earlier, Richard, but handwriting experts or whatever, yeah. to me, that's always subjective. Not always, but how can you eliminate somebody completely based on, In this case, Philip Baker Hall's opinion on his handwriting. Like, nope, it's not him. Okay, (laughs) thanks. Thanks, man. All right, see you later. You know, with all the other evidence is so in that favor. Like the fact that the guy said, oh, yeah, my friend told me two years ago he was going to use the name Zodiac and kill people and trick the police. And he said all that stuff. Even so... But his handwriting doesn't match. Okay. It's on him. Yeah. You know, I mean, you like, can, how can you, you could get somebody else to write it for you if you're <laughs> holding
1: a gun to their head or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can see why this would drive, uh, Todd, all the investigators and the, and the police and whatnot. You could, you can see why it would drive them crazy because they, they have their guy. Like, this is clear. It's pretty clear that this is the guy, you know, and they can't bring him in because all the evidence is circumstantial and. That that's got to weigh on you at some point where you're just like I know this is him, but I, we can't prove it and they you know beyond a reasonable doubt or whatever. That's a that's a difficult path to walk and to to get on where some especially in this case where it's like somebody is it's not like well this guy stole some jewels or something like that. Like this guy's a terrible hum, human being who's murdered multiple people and we know it's him, but we just can't get there. That's that's got to be that's got to eat at you. I would think so.
0: There's um. I mean, you talk about circumstantial. How circumstantial is, is it the fact that the guy had actual the same boots on? The fact that he had been fired from a school and he said he was going to kill school children, you know? Yeah. The fact that he had a Zodiac watch on. Like, if you're not guilty, right? <laughs> if you're not the Zodiac and all the Zodiac murders are happening, and you seem to fit the description yeah. of the Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, why do you so not? Really- <laughs> why do you not take off the Zodiac watch yeah. at that point yeah. and say, you know what? Probably shouldn't wear this watch because people <laughs> might think I'm the Zodiac. Right? Like you, wouldn't you be doing all you can to avoid being con- confused with that yeah. person?
1: Yeah, just change everything about your life. Like if I'm being compared to this person, then I probably should do something
0: different. Or uh, yeah, I should probably not wear his logo around on my wrist <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Especially when I know I could be, I've already been interviewed by right. a cop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense to me at all. Um, also, something I never really thought about that was probably prevalent were the people that were coming forward uh, with fake confessions right. on, I know who it is, or something like that. And the fact that the police had to weed out all yeah. the people that were just trying to be involved in the case somehow
1: you and that know? still happens every now and then yeah. every, you know it seems like every three or four years somebody says I'm pretty sure my dad was the Zodiac killer or yep. like I think that. There's, there's, a there's a book that came out maybe it. two
0: years ago yeah. uh-huh. of okay. somebody who said I revealed the identity I know yeah. who it was
2: and, and it was had a, a whole big book yeah and he he did match like timeline yeah. he had gone to high school with like two of the victims worked with another yeah and then he was like the two years where there were no Zodiac letters he was stationed overseas yeah <laughs> Like it was kind of yeah, circumstantial again. But. Right.
0: I think there's like three or four people that they've come out with that it could have been. I still think it was you, Ken Man, well, I haven't been eliminated officially. so <laughs> um, Maybe the one of the best scenes is when they're at the news station and they have the Zodiac call the news station to interview him or whatever. And uh-huh. they have the legal counsel on there. That's such a tense scene and the way it cuts back and forth between the producers and the talent and he keeps calling and everything. And then they end up finding out that it's, it wasn't the Zodiac, that it was somebody that called from a mental hospital or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the time you really think it is him and, uh, and it's really well done. Yeah. So the Gray Smith character, I like Jake Gyllenhaal in this. This is like the perfect Gyllenhaal role mm-hmm.
1: movie. Yeah.
0: I think his best performance is Nightcrawler, but I think this is like his best He's- role that fits him perfectly nerdy kind of cartoony guy yeah. but super smart and into you know researching and stuff and uh it it's great casting here he also he's a lot like affleck in that jake
2: gyllenhaal is incapable of making bad movies good and he makes mediocre movies bad but if you put him in something that's good all the way around he mm-hmm. can really deliver yeah and affleck's the same way Obviously yeah, you
0: haven't seen Prince of Persia because
2: <laughs> I have seen Prince Every of Persia. Day. Um, so on a, one thing cr- I s- on a cruise ship while we yeah. waited the dock because it was too fogged. I there's one it. thing that Jake Gyllenhaal is.
1: It's Persian. It <laughs> just <laughs> <I> screams <laughs> Persian whenever
0: I look at him. And gosh, greatness. I totally agree.
1: Yeah, this is a great role for him. I'm not a huge Gyllenhaal fan, and this is Me probably either. Nightcrawler might be his best work. But this is the one that I actually enjoy watching him do. Like the way he. The way he comes unhinged as the plot goes yeah. goes along is, I think is right, a is right up his alley, and B he does a you know a fantastic job of bringing that forward.
0: Yeah. What about um, Robert Downey Jr. in this? This was before Iron Man. Yeah. It was yeah. A year before this is a
1: good year for him because wasn't a uh, good wow uh, good what's the word good luck good luck and good night good night, good and, night and good and luck. luck. Gosh, yeah. uh, It's been so long since I've seen that. That's the same year I think. Yeah. So and this was right at his. Uh, this is like kind of his comeback between those two movies and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Right. That's kind of his uh return to That's what people the are saying.
2: So he can get through three months of shooting
1: yeah know. yeah exactly <laughs> maybe exactly. we can maybe give him iron man gosh and what a it's so good that he <laughs> it's in hindsight now it's like uh he's it's robert downey jr he's great we always but you kind of forget that there was they couldn't insure him yeah i couldn't insure him. he was having to do gothica for yeah. no money basically just to just to prove that he could be on the set of a movie yeah. without um you know, relapse going completely crazy. is so. great, so I don't know what you. Call this. <laughs> the Gosh. best Halle Berry movie uh, that with featuring a Fred Durst song, I would say. I don't yeah. think you can really debate that. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, no of many know, to choose from.
0: Um, there's cool. a folder scene in here, and I hate folder scenes. I've said that <laughs> numerous times. Ken it's is
2: anti dossier.
0: Any yeah. f- scene where there's a guy going through folders, <laughs> looking and finding out information, yeah, that's such that's the worst trope.
1: It makes sense in this one though, right? Like this is this is fair now.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna have, that's what I mean. If you're gonna have a folder scene, yeah. it needs to be a 70s be, detective story. Right, it Needs to be something yeah. that actually happened, and like, wow, you could actually find stuff out by these. I hate it when they always leave. Folder and superhero movies do this a lot, where they leave a folder yeah. behind that has everything yeah. that they needed to know. Yeah, identities, right. records, like in X Men. I remember and they it's have just one. in a folder. Here's the all the mutants, desk. and yeah. here's all the experiments we did on. What? Them, and it's like all yeah. in one folder that says <laughs> yeah. like mutant experiments on it, like, clearly
1: labeled.
2: <laughs> I want to do one word. Computer folders. That's gonna be the next one. Well, oh, that was where you get to watch me B- click B- through. Yes. Like- beep, 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 that was. <laughs> remember when they he yeah.
1: goes and looks like here's a here's a trailer for Cyborg right in oh, the middle yeah. of the movie. Like, <laughs> here's Aquaman Gosh, coming out yeah. of. The-
0: oh, <laughs> this, is, this is a Linux system. I know this. Gosh. That's Jurassic Park. Oh, um. Yeah. So again, if you're gonna have a folder scene, that kind of works. But I love the uh, fact that it, this movie kind of plays on the fact that maybe the press. And the police work was kind of getting in the way of each other, you know, because yeah, the Ruffalo is the cop and Johnny Jr. is the press. And they're both trying to figure out the mystery. But mm-hmm. if the press prints something that's not accurate, then it messes yeah. up the, what the police are doing and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. So they're both kind of simultaneously fighting against each other, but mm-hmm. for the same thing. Yeah. So From sure different was, angles. I'm sure. Yeah. That was something that actually had happened. Mm-hmm. Um and something you don't think about with these things. The actual murders are so creepy, though. The way that they shoot them in this—like their couple is just going to hang out or make out or whatever—and somebody just walks up to your car and shoots you. Yeah, There's, that's horribly terrifying. And uh, you know, the other couple—that so was not going like, up to make out. Point. <laughs> that's why the other couple was just like laying at a park, and a guy walks up to him and it's yeah,
1: and stabs him. Right. Yeah. I think that's the most disconcerting thing about the Zodiac killer, as compared to some of the other famed uh, serial killers of the of the era, is like there's not really any, and that's why he part of the reason why he was never caught. But there's no real rhyme or reason for what he does. It's just like, uh, well, I'm going to kill these people, and you're like, well, what did they do? Well, they were just hanging out at a park. Well, I guess I can't hang out at parks anymore. That's and the, the, fast, you know. that's what they want. The 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 fear right the- right and then it's it's terrifying the way that i mean it's very it, this whole movie is so it's not just that it's well paced but it's very even keel and doesn't really it kind of, it just lets you bring your own uh fears and emotions and and reactions to it rather than kind of telling you how to do that and that is terrifying in its own way this is
0: a great scene too where and hall tells him how the cipher was was uh, figured yeah. out and the fact yeah. that there's Double letters, which is obviously kill, and then there you go. Once you figure that out, you know the I, and the K, and you can figure out the cipher from yeah. there on. But that's good stuff. Um, yeah, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I think maybe the most apt comparison to this or something that's kind of similar to this was the DC sniper. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Where they were just killing random people like, for no reason and teasing the cops and everything. Yep. And you felt like you couldn't leave your house because yep. you would be... I mean, if this happened now, if somebody, you know, murdered somebody and said tomorrow morning, I'm picking off school kids, Mm -hmm. my kids wouldn't be going to school for a month until they found I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Like back then in the 70s and 60s, it's like, yeah, well, you know, they would let kids ride their bikes, you know, five miles away when they were like four years old without even like thinking about it because nobody would do anything like that, you know, surely. Yeah, um, but man, times change, but with social media and everything now, like if this something like this happened, who is that girl? It would uh it is would be this, easy. She's familiar to me. Anyway, I'm not sure. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on and and again, we need to talk about the ending mm. because the Arthur Lee Allen guy character, what's his name from a Fargo? Yeah. He's creepy, but the way that they end the movie kind of leaving it hanging and you don't really know if it's him ever. Mm-hmm. They never really eliminate him, And the fact that Hall goes back and says, wait, we can't just eliminate people from handwriting. Right. Know, when there again are so many ways to the contrary.
1: Um, so do y'all have any other thoughts or uh, on it at all? I think it's weird in hindsight again, that this got nothing from like no awards, not just Oscars, but it yeah. has v- almost no award. Appeal whatsoever, um, especially. I mean, again, this is a great year, but like Johnny Depp was nominated for Best Actor for freaking Sweeney Todd, and we don't have anything for Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, that's uh-huh. that's kind of weird. And uh, well, was know. his face painted white though? <laughs> John Rawls. <laughs> now get, yeah. you know why. Yeah. You got it. It's Atonement up, uh, was a movie that got a lot of I don't know, a lot of buzz that year and I can't stand that movie, but that got directed for or that got nominated for best picture and director and you just think David Fincher's making a movie a historically based period yeah. piece movie, and you got to think, man, we are going to bring in so much—if uh, not money, at least award appeal—and they just it just got nothing. You know, it didn't really but, make all that much money. Um, it's it's an interesting. It's in some ways it's kind of a down for Fincher's career as far as you know the the the, ro- the wide reaching appeal, um, but it's one of his better movies at the same time. So it's it's an interesting. I mean, again, not that awards are are everything, but you would think David Fincher making this movie, it's going to hit one of those levels, and it really didn't come through. And it's just kind of an odd spot for me.
0: Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Richard, any closing?
2: I'm with Brian I'm on that, Matt, and it's. Uh, yeah, this it's one of those things too, though. It's it's really this movie really penetrated, even though with like the especially with the film loving community, and it's. It's another one of those. If you're having the Oscars 10 years later, right. it's definitely yeah. nominated for a lot of stuff. It's yeah. a tough year, but it's definitely
1: nominated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it just feels a bit like a passion project for Fincher. Maybe it's like a story he grew up with and was always interested in it, you know, like the book. And it's like, hey, I make movies. I want yeah. to do this and kind of yeah, just make it. You know, maybe fully realizing that it didn't have the pull or weight that it needed to have for those awards, but he still is probably super stoked to make it and still super proud of it. And he yeah. should be, it's a yeah. really well shot, well done movie. Totally. And, yeah. And uh, crosses the line of kind of horror, mystery, drama, journalism, drama, yeah, police drama, procedural kind of thing. And um, again, it's an unsolved mystery. So mm-hmm. we're still talking about this and culture and everything. Right. And it's, um, it's just something that every few years or so you can remind yourself and be like, man, that's, Guy could still be out there somewhere. Right. Really. Um so
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting too is the guy who plays uh Lee, John what's his name? John Carroll Lynch, Lynch, I yeah. think. <laughs> he's so effective in this, in the in the very small parts of the movie that he's in. And in most of those parts, he's not really playing a killer, but he has this kind of weird vibe to it. And it's partly what Fincher does with with him, but he's so effective in it that even you know, 10 years later, if I see him in a movie and he's almost never plays a part like this, no. he's always like a pretty gentle, nice yeah. guy. Like he wasn't the founder. Yeah, exactly. He's he just like the a Donald's kind guy. of a nice dude who just say, Hey, you want to come in for a burger? Like this kind of guy. You're always and like, you're still like, Oh, that guy creeps me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's
2: that and when he was game. the cross-dressing brother on the Drew Carey show, <laughs> <laughs> those two things.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, so it's, there's anything game. wrong with that. Nothing. Okay. I'm going to grade this out mm-hmm. at an A. Love it, love it, yeah. It's flawless, almost.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, A as well on uh, top five from from two thousand seven, which is that's a good which is saying top. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you, Richard?
2: Uh, I'll go A. I'm tempted to go A plus, but I'll go A on this. Sure.
1: Yeah, super strong
0: and one worth revisiting. If you know who did it,
1: yeah. Besides
0: besides Ted It'd Cruz, be, wouldn't it be cool if we if we solved the Zodiac case with our movie <laughs> podcast? It would. We got a lot of listeners in... Vallejo, uh, California. Yeah, a lot of Modesto listeners. A lot of listeners.
1: Modesto, <laughs> Central <Sacramento>. Valley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're pretty sure it was your uncle, let us know first and we'll pass it on to just the look cops. look at your
0: maybe. uncle's handwriting yeah.
1: and let mm-hmm. us know, cross-compare. Yeah.
0: How crazy would it be if a new Zodiac letter came out and was like, hey guys, I'm back, and it like matched the handwriting and everything? Yeah. That would be the worst, yeah. most creepy thing of yeah. all time. Just like a decrepit old man. He just sends a fax via his lawyer, <laughs> I'm back, in <and> the handwriting. <laughs>
1: Uh, MJ's like, yeah. nice, nice. But he's wearing a different number this year. The <laughs> right. Zodiac symbol's a little this, bit this different.
0: The Zodiac is updated, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Where can we find you online, Brian?
1: You can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 and you can wow. find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com Ooh. and the Mad About Movies Podcast <laughs> newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that good stuff, at
2: Richard Barden. Kent, where can I you find, can find you? You can find me. I'm looking for you. At... Zodiac
0: <laughs> Zodiac Killer.com. It's crazy they have it It's weird It's not even a good code Sorry And uh, just be sure to write in code all in codes all in cipher I only read cipher um, at Kent Garrison.com Kent Garrison on Twitter and uh, hit subscribe We do episodes like this every week where we throw back to an older movie We also do new movies and uh, summer movie season right around the corner A lot of stuff to talk about and uh, it's going to be good times good so thanks times. for joining us And we'll see you next time at the cinema Bye Slam.
2: Bye. Hey baby I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah maybe But I got you pegs Ha 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 But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya yeah, ya. Yeah. The silence is scrambled eggs. They're calling again.